Well, welcome back to the Trinity Church Waxetchi Podcast. It's time for another Pastors Podcast edition. A lot of peas in that one, and a I'm lot of also in there, Rob. another P, Rob Price. That would be me and Pastor. Lennon Nolan, a lot of peas. Welcome to the podcast, Pastor. Good to be here, my friend. Thank right. you for opening up your uh, your opulent studio. I don't know if people know that in the life they don't know you for, or they may know you for, but you're the head of media at Southwestern Assemblies of God University. So we are here at your professional uh, media layer. Yeah. Every spring, uh, Sagu, where I work at, we teach a class just called podcasting. And it's part of our DMA, Digital Media Arts Program. And so this is the room where the students come in and uh, kind of crank out some episodes and go edit them somewhere else. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for opening yeah, this up to, to our church. Thank you for being part of our church, Rob. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Love it. We have announcements. So we've got two big ones. I'll do the first one. You can take the second one. The first one is water baptism. This is one of the two ordinances of the church. The other one, of course, being communion. The next one is October 23rd. That's really, really soon, Pastor. So It is. It um, is. Yeah. Talk about any instructions on time to arrive and kind of what to wear, kind of some details on, on that, on that. Day. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's this coming Sunday, of course. And we have a couple of kiddos out of the kids ministry who have given their hearts to the Lord lately and le- looking forward to being baptized. Um, if you want, if you're listening and you want to get in on being baptized, uh, send an email to Isaac Martinez, pastor Isaac, it's I Martinez at Trinity org, And, uh, we'll get you in the queue. Come to the church and be there by 930. We'll have a little meeting in the conference room. Uh, you don't know where the conference room is, do you? That's okay. Ask the first person you see. They'll walk you down the hall to it. And uh, we'll baptize during service. And so bring wow, you a good. pair of clothes to get wet in and something to change into afterwards. And uh, we'll give you a place. Yeah, it's, so, it's such an important moment. If you've not been water baptized, uh, like Pastor likes to say, no, there's no shame. Just let us know. Get you, get you signed up. And it really is a powerful moment in time that really lets, lets, it's a public declaration of your faith. You telling the world, I am a follower of Jesus. Get over it. Here I am. Right? Yeah. Well, it's more so than walking an aisle, coming to an altar, raising your hand. That is, um, that is the thing. That is the sign. I'm, I'm giving my allegiance to the kingdom of God. Uh, Jesus has saved me. Next announcement is Oh, it's back again, folks. The eighties family night that is on October 30th, the day before Halloween, and it's going to be 5 to 7.30 p.m. I believe that is a Sunday Yeah, that falls on Sunday evening this year. And so we won't always do a theme of a decade, Rob, but last year we did have 90s night, had a ton of fun. It was so much fun. And uh, this year, of course, retro is in right now. So we're like, why don't we just step back one more year and go with the 80s? (laughs) I love it. I mean, you got Karate Kid everywhere. You have Stranger Things from the era, all sorts of stuff, man. So yeah, we're going to have um, this night. And uh, this is a night where we go into the neighborhoods. We invite people to the grounds on our church. It's going to be from 5 to 7.30. Uh, our life groups are going to be setting up game booths for kids to hang in. Now, is your life group going to be doing a thing? We'll, we're doing cornhole. Imagine that. Question, though, about the time. So we all know there'll be some lighting set up, I would assume, it's in some, some parts of the parking lot, because it's going to be dark-ish by the time you get to 730. Yeah, our, our building is, yes, we'll have lighting accommodated for, and our building is well lit now. It wasn't always, but now at night, okay, uh, that parking lot is illuminated. Second annual chili cook off i forget who won last year but there were so many good options to choose from and sample so that i think that's back again it's back again so we do have a defending champ we'll see who can we'll see who can take it down and uh, i believe it was paul brown 
who won okay. the who won okay. the title last year. So there'll be a chance to win a gift card as well from the church for the winner. So we'll see how that goes out. So yeah, it'll be good. And just we encourage you just to come out, come out, have a good time. Um, we were talking a little bit beforehand, Rob, that uh, some some Christians have have some wariness around participating in anything. Halloween oriented. Let me just say, this isn't even Halloween oriented, right? Unless right. dressing like the eighties is, is uh, spiritually out of bounds. But, um, there's, this is nothing more than church people doing something for the community. And so if, uh, you're in our church, you're part of our community, by all means, come have a good time. So if you're going to be doing a booth, if you're a life group leader, uh, or a volunteer to do a booth, arrive by 4 p.m. if you could. Starts at 5. Give yourself an hour to kind of get, get, yeah. get settled in. Yeah, and I'm sure within your life groups, you'll kind of settle up, okay, who's doing the setup and who's working what window of time for the booth. It'll yeah. be good. Okay, so let's dive into the topic of conversation that you spoke about just a few days ago, continuing our message in Matthew 5 in the Sermon on the Mount. We talked about lust last week and this week, another tough one, uh, divorce. This yeah. was, uh, it's something we need to address. Jesus addressed it. So walk us through some of the key things that, that you want to kind of bring forth, because as leaders go through this, there'll be some sensitive areas to kind of kind of dance around. There definitely will. But like you, like you said, Rob, Jesus did spend time talking about it. And we said on Sunday morning, we said, uh, Jesus, we don't just believe that he was God. We believe that he was smart and, um, that he would spend time talking about this. I absolutely believe that, that we should too. And so kind of Sunday morning recap, um, we, we talked about Jesus restricting kind of the easy come, easy go divorce culture that was developing there in Israel. And, um, we said that, you know, in our culture, we've kind of taken that even further with kind of a no fault divorce. I think there, um, in, in the situation Jesus was addressing, it was kind of habitually a her fault divorce. If you find fault in your, in your wife, uh, you can put her away for any reason. That was the debate. Is it any reason at all? Or is it just kind of sexual adultery reasons? So we talked about Jesus, what, what he was uh, addressing. We talked about what he wasn't. And even how really out of a divorce question, Jesus gave them a marriage answer. Uh, he talked about, uh, he addressed it briefly in Matthew 5 with the Sermon on the Mount. But then we looked at the bigger picture fleshing out of it in Matthew 19, whenever he was asked about the uh, lawfulness of divorcing your wife for any reason at all. And he took them back to the beginning and talked about the importance of a permanence of one flesh. And so uh, we definitely would say that if you're leading a life group, just be aware that this is one of those subjects where people it can, it doesn't take much to think over a divorce if you've been through one as a kid or as a spouse and have that hurt come up again, Rob. God hates divorce, but he loves people. He loves people in your life group. He wants the best for him, but the fact of the matter is God said he, he just, it just, it breaks his heart because it's a picture. It's supposed to be a picture of the relationship between Christ and, and his bride, the church. And, uh, we, we are the great metaphor. And so, um, sometimes people make bad decisions, Pastor Lennon, and, 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 and marriages crumble. They, they, families crumble and divorce is, it's a problem, but I think just talking about it can help us avoid it. So just you bringing it up is going to be very helpful, I think, to keep marriages together. So, Well, I've been amazed, Rob, that um, during this series so far as we've talked about these issues of, of just so far in the Sermon on the Mount of anger, 
of lust and now of divorce, uh, this has probably been a series that have had more vocal feedback. This is all anecdotal. I'm talking about the sheer numbers of people stopping me in the hallway or coming up to me saying, thank you for taking time to address this. Uh, One of our young adults in the church came up at the conclusion of the message on Sunday and just said, thank you for talking about divorce from an angle of hope. And she just said, from the way that I've heard it, you know, addressed in the past, she said, I wasn't even the one that got divorced. I was just a kid. But she said, I felt like I was broken myself because the marriage broke. And she just said, thanks for giving some some hope with that. So be sensitive. If there's some people in your life group this week who have been through a divorce, uh, I'm not saying poll people ahead of time, but be very aware. Like in, in my group, there's, there's a, a gentleman who has already told us in previous weeks that he's gone through a, a divorce. So I know that as a leader going ahead. So I'll be careful to not just say something that's inappropriate as someone who's currently married, who'd never been divorced, but I've been involved in divorce. My, my dad divorced one, you know, one of my three, three moms. <laughs> it's a long story. Just catch me later. So yeah. I'm not immune to it, but I, I have very strong feelings about marriage and divorce and I, I have to really couch myself and I'll, I'll go ahead and go there with this one comment and we'll move on is there's a reason why gang that God says, basically the only reason that you have biblically to get a divorce is through, they call marital unfaithfulness, i.e. adultery, i.e. sex with another woman. Now, of course, there's physical abuse would be obviously another one. It's obvious if you're in, if you're in physical danger, of course, but but, yeah. but biblically it's it's sex. Now, why is it to kind of tie in lust with last week with, with this message? And I say these words very carefully, but the reason God allows divorce for unfaithfulness, for adultery, is because when you do that, you're committing a covenant act with someone you're not in covenant with. Mm-hmm. And that's a really big thing, the actual sexual act, which begins with lust yeah. <laughs> and leads eventually uh, to temptation, to sin, to, to sex outside of marriage. It's such a violation of God's sacredness, the sanctity of marriage, the marriage bed, that it's a, it's a breaking of, 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 of covenant. Mm-hmm. And because it's a covenantal act, that's why the whole thing's very touchy. Lust, divorce, marriage, it's, it can get like really, really personal, really, really fast. Yeah, it really can. And which is, which is such a reason to keep as, as far as sexuality goes within the bounds of, within the bounds of marriage. And so um, you've heard it referred to, I'm sure as a fire that can either bring warmth to the house and the fireplace, or you can scoop it out onto the rug and burn everything down. Good. And so, Good. um, So one of the discussion questions this week, friends, is simply, do you think our culture places a high value on marriage? Uh, Why or why not? Some interesting ways you could go with that. On one hand, super high value. That's why we want to be able to say that everybody should be able to be married. Um, Same sex, uh, increasingly more than two people. You know, there's, there's lots of debate about every potential nuance. So that would indicate sort of a high value of marriage. But then on the other hand, Easy come, easy go. No fault. Doesn't always work out. And let's make it easy to get out. Have you ever heard of, uh, Rob, uh, marriage contracts that are developing in some countries, sort of short-term contracts that a couple has the option to re-up on? No. Tell me. We'll we'll have to bring it back. I, I used it as an illustration in a message about a year and a half ago. I believe it's in, I could be wrong here. I think it's in Spain. 
that um, they have developed this and have it available, a quick Google is going to show you if I'm if I'm wrong or not. Are, are you saying you can sign up to marry somebody for three years, four years, five years, and then you can just legally just get out, like almost yeah. like a prenup agreement, like this could end in five years? Uh huh. Uh huh. Just re up wow. on it. Yeah, a little research. You'll pull some stuff like that up. Thank the Lord that hadn't made it here yet, but. It's not something we lay hold of just because we stumbled across a perfect person. It's something we lay hold of through a covenant with this other person and through dependence on on God to love someone beyond what will come natural. The devil, if I can get spiritual just a second, the devil hates marriage. You're into a covenant. And as I said before in some other podcasts, a covenant is not a contract. A contract is the giving of products goods and services that you can change, negotiate, written in ink. A covenant is the giving of yourself. You are giving your life to another human. And it's cut in blood. There's no way out of a covenant. That's why when divorce happens, Pastor, there is a type of, and I say this carefully, a type of death. Something dies when a marriage is dissolved in divorce. There's something that is gone forever and it pains the heart of God. So I think in our culture, to answer the question, not anymore. My answer would be not anymore because the enemy is trying to destroy this once very godly nation, America. If he can destroy us through various physical enemies, politics, whatever, that's fine. But his number one goal is let's take out family units. Let's take out the nuclear family destroy that concept by wrecking marriages and he's got us. So to me, I see it as a spiritual battle, mm-hmm. not just an option. It's That's why I take a very serious stand against You've got to try. You've got to try, try, try to stay married at all costs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the scriptures we're going to look at in life group this week is Philippians chapter two, verses one through four. And um, very familiar passage. If then there's any encouragement in Christ, If any consolation of love, any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Boy, is selfishness a torpedo to marriage or not, Rob? Yes, it is. Um, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not only to his own interest, but rather to the interest of others. One of the things that drives us to consider divorce so frequently is um, that we we have radical disappointment, that our needs aren't being met. And one of the things that can breathe life into a marriage is to to know that both sides are not looking out only to not looking only to their own interest, but rather the interest of this other person can be an incredibly healing thing. So the question that comes after that, and we'll leave it here this week, is uh, how does love that is modeled after Jesus look different than the love that we see in the world? And how does this apply to marriage? Can, can, I, can I take a shot at that one? Do it. Okay. So you may want to tie this, friends, into your discussion. It's not just covenant versus versus contract. It's eros versus agape. Eros, these are two Greek words. Eros is a, it's a love that says, I love the best, the brightest, and the most beautiful. It's a, if you make me feel better, it, we get the word erotic, 
Eros, mm-hmm. Eros love. Mm-hmm. So it's, you're the best, you're the highest, the most beautiful, the brightest. I want you. I, wa- I want you. I must have you. But once you don't act the way I want you to, or you, you look, a few more wrinkles come your way. You change, your, you change how you roll with me. Then suddenly the Eros becomes negotiable. It becomes toxic versus the kind of marriage God wants is agape, which is, it's a word rarely used in the Greek language. It's as if, it's as if God reserved it just for the New Testament. And the word agape is a God kind of love, unconditional. If our marriages are built on agape, unconditional, self-giving kind of love, then divorce really never, can I say this, is never even really an option. It's not mm. really an option. There's no desire to. I will say this, the last scripture in your notes is out of 1 Corinthians 7. And basically, Paul is kind of walking through some stuff saying, let each one live his life in the situation the Lord has assigned him when God called him. So if you're married, stay married. If you're single, stay single. And I kind of playfully will teach this. With my wife present, I will say this. I married a distraction. (laughs) And she she married one too. And I say, because... The moment I chose to say yes to Sharon Lynn Eddy, became Sharon Lynn Price, I went from singleness to marriedness, married state. And that made a lot of my decisions now aimed directly toward loving the Lord through her, not loving the Lord di- di- directly. So when it, once I'm no longer single, marriage really is a, a distraction from true 100% devotion to the Lord Jesus with just you and him. But I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can disagree with me. I don't, it's kind of where I stand right now with this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on this last comment in, in our, in our handout. No, don't, don't really disagree. Um, actually, because on, on Sunday morning, we went through some of the, the verses surrounding there, actually just, just what you said, where Paul says an unmarried man is free to focus on the Lord's interest. That's what I was trying to right. say. Yeah, I, no, I, I knew it was in scripture no, you somewhere. Were, you were saying it. Yeah. And, and it's right around somewhere around here. And so, um, what we really did and what needs to be done in, in life group and anywhere else that you feel it's the right time to emphasize this is um, you said the calling of singleness, uh, even the station of singleness, if it's temporary or whatever, it has it has dignity. Your life doesn't begin when you get to begin life with someone else. And I think just encouraging people to look at your life as an opportunity to serve God in the unique ways that are available to you currently and not just always looking down the road. If it eventually includes somebody else, great. But there are, like Paul is saying, as a single man, hey, there's some uniqueness that comes to the life of a single person. And um, I won't list them here on the podcast, but we've got a number of single adults in our church who are absolute pillars because of um, everything that they bring to the table that um, isn't dependent on being married to anybody. So let's wrap up this podcast with a quick word of prayer from our pastor. Thank you for your attention to hearing us today. And so pastor, just close with a quick word of prayer and we'll call it a wrap on this podcast. Well, Lord, we're grateful for this week. Thank you for what you're doing among us as a church. Thank you for, thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, thank you for the relationships we have with one another that we're building um, in life groups and other avenues. Pray that you'll be with us this week. Give us a sense of your mission, a sense of your call. And we do pray in advance for this, uh, for this big party, this big outreach that we're doing on October 30th. Uh, Lord, bring us faces, bring us, um, bring us people from around our neighborhood to, um, to show your love to as a church, just simply to celebrate them, to honor them, to honor their families. Uh, let that evening be an expression of your love and your openness to receive any who would come to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.